Song Earthlets. My name is Connor, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 132nd episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the galaxy's own gra- uh, of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic. Blah. 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for May and June 1985. Progs 423 to 426. This time, slain and rogue trooper pull the oldest trick in the book. Judge Anderson is back on the case. And Chopper returns as we get started on Super Surf 7. Whoa. Oh, whoa. We're going to do some dope stunts while getting all spoopy up in here. God, I hope so. Um, if you want to read along with us this week, you'll find the comics we're covering in Judge Dredd, the complete case files 8 and 9. We're switching volumes. In, yeah, in Slain, Time Killer, Rogue Trooper, Tales of New Earth 3, Strontium Dog, Search, Destroy, Agency Files 3, and Judge Anderson, The Psy Files, Volume 1. Ooh, aim for the belt. <laughs> it's always ghost time as you shoot out them belts. <laughs> and I guess also just uh, use, a, use a ghost trap from whatever, Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> or. Or a man trap from the deepest woods. And speaking of which, <laughs> let's go to Thrill One Anderson Side Division. It is. It does really suck. Kind of taking a bear trap to my mind. <laughs> you don't want to. You, you don't want to get it. You know. You want to avoid those bear traps for sure. It's just they seem so huge, even in this. Yeah. Uh, script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner as Grant Grover. Art robot Cliff Robinson and Robin Smith. Letting robot Tom Frame. So Cliff Robinson's taken over on art. And um, you can see the difference if just because his Anderson's hair is a little bit more chilled out than uh, Brett Ewan's hair. Yeah, it's definitely not um, going crazy on the left and the right. It's true, um, and I like his style here. I feel like the the the, the realism or the cartoon realism, I guess, he brings to mm. his art is an interesting contrast to the way that the dark judges are just that is sort of you know off the wall crazy ghosts, basically. Yeah. I like his squiggly psychic lines that he'll draw around stuff. Like, I'm getting psychic wigglies. <laughs> Absolutely. And that realism's um, on display as the dark judges attack the Justice Central crash dorms. Yeah, this is kind of like we learned that there's a, a regulated six hours that you must sleep, natural sleep per week. Not yeah. Just pods. No, well, yeah. You remember from like the um, from the graveyard shift where. Um, judges get like have like these things that let them get a night's sleep in like 10 minutes but mm. i get but i could see how that could possibly have mental health problems or something <laughs> so maybe once in a while yeah. like laying down might be a good idea yeah exactly you gotta like get some time to just catch some z's um for six hours a week basically <laughs> um it, i mean i guess it makes sense that dread has an apartment though we haven't seen it yeah i mean i think part of that was also to like get judges in the community or something like that i don't know that's i could mm. see it being a community outreach thing as well um that's it um but so they're in there and they're killing dudes as they sleep um anderson however senses them and catches the f- 
and kicks the face of the tech judge who has that dimension jump. Who was he was uh she was looking at last last episode. A, a fucking table into his face. Yeah, it's like he is not okay. After no, he's this. having a bad time. Um, and she goes to meet them. The alarm goes up as the dark judges continue their grim work against the sleeping judges, and they teleport away into the control room once reinforcements arrive. And this uh, this trick is going to get real old by the end of this. I feel like. they, these guys just love teleporting, Fox. <laughs> that seems like a, so far the best strategy. I mean, I got to say, if I could teleport, I'd be teleporting all over the place at all times. Like that's, that's just really a fair. that's just a fact. Um, Any so, burger got to teleport. Oh my! I mean, so ma- I mean, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like, uh, what you call it, Anakin Skywalker in that one movie where he could teleport you stuff. Um, what jumper? Yeah. It had Sam Jackson in it, um, and he like te- he can a- teleport. You see him like teleporting, just to, like reach the uh, reach the remote control and stuff. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> Anderson alerts the forces about the Dark Judge attack, and suddenly the Dark Judges are teleported to her location. She's ready though, and blasts Judge Fear's dimension jump. Oh man, that guy is screwed. Yeah, he's in trouble. Fear throws one of his bear traps, which I just realized are what he's got on it. Like like his shoulder pads are a pair of bear traps, which is pretty awesome. Very. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty scared of those. Yeah, you it's know, vi- just in general. Totally. It's very uh, Serpentor in G.I. Joe where he's got those snakes oh, wow. that become spears coming out of his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but it... it, it it hits Anderson, and they go to teleport out, but Dar- but uh, Fear can't because the teleporter's been destroyed. Um, and the judges pour in and blast his shit to pieces. <laughs> Turns out that definitely kills him. I mean, this happened with Judge De- with the original ju- in the original Judge Death story, right? Where um, mm-hmm. his spirit then later possessed Anderson, and the only way that they could pr- like um, protect. The only way they, they they could get rid of Judge Death was to encase him and Anderson like in like a cube of Boeing so that yeah, they couldn't right. get out. Um, <laughs> in this, that's horrific. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a whole thing. So in this case, um, in his his body's destroyed, his spirit emerges, and Anderson hits it with that dimension jump thing. This oh man, yeah, it sends Judge Fear into limbo, and then the limpet mine attaches attached to the dimension jumper explodes, which. Thus traps fear in limbo forever. Which uh, I feel like we're going to come back to that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any comics reader knows that this is a real, like, solvable, banished forever kind of situation. <laughs> but <laughs> it's really just the place you wait until the writer needs you again. Exactly. But it's good enough for now, and the Dark Judges regroup to kind of figure out what this means for everything. Magruder, Chief Judge Magruder yells at Anderson, but can't argue with success and ends her suspension, but she'll still have to face the music and a tribunal after. After the crisis. You're a maverick. You're a loose cannon. But I get results. That's right. Yeah. Anderson's a side cop on the edge for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, in the uh, in, in in the third prog, she moves to the back to make room for Johnny Alpha, um, and we see news reports of the dark judges attacking the city and killing everybody. And I then mean, once like three hundred people die, and then like a whole super bus full of people. Yeah, uh, you can't really keep it under wraps at that. Yeah, point, it's right? basically like the Justice Department saying like, "Hey, remain calm and stay in your blocks, and just wait for the dark judges to get you." I suppose. Um, I mean, pretty much that's what Magruder says. She's like, "Oh no." Panic's good. People just stay off the street. Yeah, good enough. 
Um, the the dark judges attack the Doug Church block, which I think might be an Elvis impersonator. I'm not sure, or probably just another soap opera character, frankly. Um, okay. um, and so they they are killing people in droves while discussing their next moves, which I always appreciate. <laughs> just uh, economy of action, um, <laughs> dude. It's action and um, uh, plot. Just yeah. moving forward, you know. Totally, yeah. There's some good gym murders in here. They kill guys like one of those thing. One of those guys that's in a full body steamer and stuff. Yeah, I've never been in those, but I comically always see them in cartoons and I, now in books. I've definitely only seen them in cartoons as well. Um, I I wonder if it's one of those like 1950s things that like was was just said like yeah no all this does is just kind of like um is a sauna for like 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 a high tech sauna or something and got like d- discredited or whatever like those. <laughs> Like those, it actually just melts you. Well, yeah, or it just kind of doesn't do anything. It's it, like those uh, deals that was like a uh, like a belt that like vibrate, like oh, like, like shook you around or something like that. Like where micro vibrations caused your uh, pecs to flex. Like yeah, that shit. or like you just put it around your belly and just kind of like shakes you up. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it, it just that's just it's it, that's just like 1950s workout gear that I think of. Um, anyhow, anyhow. Wow. <laughs> A precog in side division has managed to pinpoint the Dark Judge's next target at a hypermart at 0815 hours. And uh, because it seems like losing Judge Fear has messed up their precog immunity. So, so time, pretty good. Uh, yeah, time to, window exactly. Time to plan ahead and take these guys out. Magruder wants to send Dread to lead this mission, but Anderson claims it is her case. Magruder gives it to her. She's got a chance to redeem herself, but she better not screw it up. I mean, you know, they seem to throw dread at a lot of shit in general, so give the man a break. I mean, you know, yeah, he's definitely the hammer of the Justice Department, and a lot of these problems look like nails. <laughs> oh, my God. Robin Smith comes on for art for one last um, issue as the uh, as the uh, as the Dark Judges continue their gym-based murder, killing dudes in the steam room and in the ice bath. I got you on all the temperatures. They... <laughs> They arrive in an aerobics class as the judges arrive on the scene at the Mosgrove and Thing Hypermart. It's such a 1980s murder situation. <laughs> I mean, the aerobics one especially. Uh, you that's know. exactly what I mean. Yeah. Not since, uh, what was that one, Death Gym? What was the one? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, it's the What's one the... where it's like a gratuitous amount of like women working out, right? Yeah. It's a uh, death spa. That's right. Yeah, not since Death Spa have we seen so many uh, gymna- uh, aerobics-based murders. <laughs> oh, my God. But so the Dark Judge, so at, a, at the Hypermart, Anderson's sort of rallying the troops, the plan of course is to shoot their be- shoot their belt areas to destroy to destroy the dimension jumpers and teleporters hit them in the belt area that's right and then hit them in the exile uh and then get them with the exile machines which is what i'm calling the uh the dimension jumps with the limpets on them <laughs> exile machine yeah they exile them to another place i don't know i thought that was fun that was a good name it was like it was um, a good name yeah I, I do like the idea of, of these guys have crazy utility belts, so you shoot them there. Like, I bet if you shot Batman the utility belt, it would, like, cause an inflatable raft to blow to um, expand or something like that. Like, well, it, at the very least, we know shark repellents in there. Yeah, it could theoretically mess up his day if you, like, just sort of, like, broke a couple of those capsules on his belt. Um, anyhow, yeah. It's probably deadly. Yeah, you gotta think about it. You gotta use that noggin. For, um... <laughs> 
Not me. I don't need this in my room. Yeah, not me. I keep my brain safely in my chest cavity. Anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> the precog was wrong, however. The dark judges arrive at 0811 instead of 0815. So let's give them the old mega city hello. Next time in At the Death. <laughs> so big showdown between Anderson and the dark judges and stuff. I love the dark judges going crazy and just killing everybody. That's real good stuff. I like the ways in which they murder people. They they got they got and did their rap. Yeah, they got gym based deaths are always Yeah, they got a lot of variety and I like sort of Anderson trying to redeem herself and just sort of some more just getting a chance to spend some more time with this character is really fun, I think. Yeah, it really is. I like the buttons that she pressed. Uh, in a lot of this, one of them was the intruder alert button. Mm-hmm. Another one was the all channel alert button, which was an intercom. <laughs> uh, she's pressing a lot of people's buttons. Whoa! Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, when you're when you're trapped in your quarters at uh, at um, Justice Central or whatever, you got to use what you have available. You know what I mean? Which I guess are buttons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, why not? It's a, it's you know you got to warn everybody and do your good deed. And speaking of doing good oh, deeds, wow. which are balanced out by bad deeds and sort of oh, a weird God, um, homeostasis belief system of right and wrong, <sighs> <laughs> it's thrill to slain. Did I mean is it just is it just me or is this like whole month of slain just weird? It's really I mean, weird. Yeah, there's a lot going on with this slain, where we are in slain generally. Yeah. Um, script wrote about Pat Mills, art wrote about David Pugh, lettering wrote about Steve Potter. Um, so, slain is killing some Orgots as Murdoch uh, looks on, wondering if the tales of slain's gods being demons are true. The enemy defeated slain eats their food. And Murdoch is a bitch about it. Um, now sure, yeah, a huge baby. Yeah, he's now sure that he's been damned and will be trapped in elsewhere forever for consorting with Slain. But Pu- but Pluke can help because since Slain selflessly defended him, Pluke can now reveal that Slain's friends has been have been taken to a nearby prison farm. Um, and I guess uh, so they decide to be nicer to Pluke. Pluke and they'll help him, and presumably somewhere else, evil grows more powerful be- for to balance things out. I guess. Um, Which and then also Pluke just tells him that like the Orgots are cannibals, so he, all the food he ate's real bad. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real uh, Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie kind of moment as Slain oh. sort of yells at or or, or makes fun of Murdoch for not eating and all that stuff, and then Pluke just says, uh. By the way, your new friends, they're cannibals. <laughs> Slain just kind of, yeah, Slain's got a real good, um, like, Greek god kind of moment when he realizes that he's been eating um, people all this time. Or a real Charlton Heston <sighs> moment, maybe. Oh, um, God. Wow. Anyhow. <laughs> well, let's fast forward uh, to a weird floating fucking machine. Yeah, let's go. Going over to a giant slug puking into a giant hole. <laughs> Yeah, we well we got to go back yeah to this to the um to the Scythron ship nearing the human farm uh, where Murden is just in full uh, lore dropping mode. So oh, basically, I guess that Elfric guy slain fought is one of these dark elves. He's pure evil, sort of a a, a pierced On and yeah. So he's like a pierced, decadent version of a Pluk who can take a human form and stuff. Um, they arrive yeah. at the Scythron farm where they care and feed for Krom Kruak and other uh, time worms. 
And uh, Pluke near. Meanwhile, Pluke nears some bathing cythrons, and the boys go to steal their uniforms. But oh, they're... it's such a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely one of these things where Slain, who's gone all all out in the uh, warrior skill line, is real bad at these stealth portions of the game. You know, he didn't. Uh, he oh, didn't allocate that's... his his stats correctly. <laughs> that's fucking fantastic. I mean, just you know, he wants to get that that armor and sneak away while they're talking about like normal day to day shit, taking a bath. Yeah, it's a weird he, situation. He's like me playing Assassin's Creed, where I spend where every, in every situation I try to be stealthy, but eventually I just end up slaughtering everybody in open combat every single time. You know, okay, I feel like that's just all Assassin's Creed games. Super fair. Um, anyhow. <laughs> It's time to fight. Slain drops a headbutt at, on a Scytheron, and he reveals his gross chest feeding tubes. Oh, yeah, which... No ew. way. No, never. Nah. And then they just start... <laughs> and this is the second time in which a, a tube has just been shot down Slain's mouth. Yeah, at least one of these tubes goes in Slain's mouth before he starts cutting them. These two... <laughs> these, like tubule things are so gross and freak me out um yeah and they're coming out of his tum tum they're just and there's a lot of them too like this guy's got little tongue like they he's got a massive like he's got so many feeder tentacles in comparison to his normal body size like he's like he he looked like a normal guy before he suddenly dropped out like a a, a, another person's worth of gross feeder tendrils that look like they they don't look like tentacles they look like the wings of some sort of a Like, like real gross, like distended, like horse wings. Basically, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks like, uh, it looks like a bunch of horse wings with tongues poking out. Yeah, Slain kills this guy as as you should, but then he comes back <laughs> to life immediately. Um, Dude, it's like he doesn't stop, and now he's got forearms, and like his skin's all peeled off, and getting he doesn't real gross. Have the tubes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Murden explains that Crom is also oh, one God. of these macrobes. All the time, uh, worms are. They feed on human negativity. They use human agents, and, and uh, then. Flowing through wormholes to worm out and suck up your garbage and vomit it, and this time because Scythrons eat negativity, and this is all just like sounding like Atlantean fucking uh, ancient aliens bullshit. Absolutely, <laughs> for the for for the third time in a for the third time in as many weeks, uh, the Scythrons are explicitly linked to Hitler once more. Um, lot Do you of know what my favorite part of all of this was what. When they bring in fucking celestial auras. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, this is just a, just an uber, um, just an uber soup of like all your conspiracies and mystical things, you know? Um, <laughs> it's so fucking bizarre. But so this all ties back to like the Burning Man and the sacrifice of Maeve way back when this is a story, back when this is a fantasy story. <laughs> well, they had to fucking. Figure out how to smash it in somehow. Yeah, and so basically just the idea that part of it was that you'd have all these criminals that are sort of responsible for negative emotions in the Burning Man as well as Maeve herself oh, and stuff like that for the sacrificing. Um, and that's... But they even said as much that like a lot of those people were also just people. So I guess yeah. maybe them being burnt alive was a... Not great things. They were real sad. So I mean, you got to have you got to have some filler in there too, you know? I mean, <laughs> like listen it's the stuffing for your turkey. Yeah, I mean, like if you're going to, you know, you're 
you you can't make a cookie that's just chocolate chips. You got to have some regular cookie in there too, Fox. I'm just saying that you could you could try really hard to make an entire chocolate chip cookie that's I think, just made out of chocolate I think at that chips. point it's just like a candy bar, which is a whole different dessert, you know? <laughs> Any, okay, second time I'm just shouting anyway here in, in, in our slain coverage because it really feels like it needs it. Um, this also comes back to at the start of this storyline when that scythron with the chin spike was like just piercing Nest's throat because I was like harvesting oh, yeah. her fear and stuff. Um, <sighs> Nest and Murden argue about whether people should know the truth about all this stuff. Oh, There's more talk of auras, like you were saying, as Slaufeg <laughs> says that he wants to that uh Slaufeg's down with all this evil stuff because he wants to give humanity the peace of oblivion i welcome it um anyway okay, <laughs> you know, here comes the scythron leader the ghoul dig um meanwhile slain finally beats his opponent he figures he must have been feeding off his out of control earth energy as they fight because oh murdak finishes his his guy off real quickly and then he and murdak put on the scythron uniforms and begin the oldest trick in the book for the first of two times in this episode um <laughs> well you know and then we get to see the most disgusting thing i've seen in a while yeah the gold dig arrives and he's just a big gross head with three radial arms coming out of its side and top he's you know a living version of that triscale sign we talked about last yeah. episode the uh the three-armed I mean, swastika thing his his eyeballs are also like male symbols. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a lot of. He's sort of. He's got a very pustule based look. I'd say. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, his eyes do look like they're they're super swollen. And need yeah. to like get some goo pushed out of them. Yeah, that was that was my take. Was that yeah that he's got like his eye sockets are all like uh like yeah full of gross you know just very pus filled. Got a lot of pus going on with them. <laughs> Um, praise be to me. He's having words. a yeah. He's having a great time though with the praise be to me. <laughs> he's he's like he he says that yes, he is as evil as he looks. All that stuff. It's real great. Um, he seems to really live it up, you know. Yeah, I mean he's he's living his best three armed pus monster life for sure. He he compliments Slaufeg and says Morguth Morguth to the arena, and Nest is taken by one of these top Scytheron guys for experiments. Um, so, like, whatever it really is, apparently, the, the Oogie Boogie, I, Grunwalder? I Go, uh, <laughs> uh, Dig, although he does, he does a lot of Darth Vader stuff this, um, in this story. Oh, God. Starting with, like, this is a very Boba Fett-esque, like, uh, no disintegrations kind of, uh, situation. Yeah, where he much. says, like, hey, like, listen, like, you know, I'm tired of your weird experiments, so don't be like, <laughs> Don't be don't like be super weird. Yeah, don't be like sewing nest to the back of like a, a baboon so they have to share a bloodstream or something like that. You know, don't be don't be weird. You know, do science. Don't be weird about it. <laughs> and that's coming from the most evil guy, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, he's evil, but he's got like a, a sense of taste, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Clacto with the old face hasn't lost her courage despite losing her beauty. Grabs a spear and starts fighting. Uh, she knocks over the gold dig which is like real ballsy but then he subdues her meanwhile pluke has landed because he's all out of oh, love and he's favorite. so lost without us this is the best um 
I love how he caresses Pluke's eyeball. Yeah, so the boys try to start loving on Pluke to get him to move, and Pluke, Pluke's very, um, very like, like a seventh grader having a tantrum. He's like, I know you're pretending to like me, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, and he's like, you have to like act about it. I feel like some of two minds here. Number one, Pluke doesn't actually run on love and wants like some kind of like physical affection the second thing is Whoa. i feel like he's fishing for sex yeah he, he's like i don't i don't it's just actions speak louder than words <laughs> yowza anyhow luckily for everybody involved uh fluke does tell these guys that their suits in fact have psychic jump have psychic jetpacks so they're off yeah so they just peace out and then they they're just like man this is so much better than the giant fucking weird sex slug. I mean it seems like that's true honestly like a jetpack's awesome very few people like you got to be a real specific kind of person to say like oh man flying yes but only flying if it involves a giant pimple covered sex slug. Um <laughs> So I feel like I do it once just to get it off my bucket list. Absolutely. Oh, and, yeah. and to be clear, these aren't even jetpacks because fucking this story can't even have jetpacks. No, the balls of energy that uh, circle around in their tum-tums and yeah. turn them into like a traveling light beam. They're psychic thingamajigs for sure. Physically yeah. manifest. Nah. Anyhow, so as they're as 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 the groups all split up back at the farm, uh, Murden slips a ring onto Nest's finger, and we learn that Murden is Goldig's son. They have basically that kind of return to the Je- return return to the Jedi conversation. You know, join me in evil. No, join me in in goodness. Blah blah blah. Um, as the boys boop da- swoop down and begin saving everybody, taken to the farms. Although Slain does do a boop because he goes inside of a man and then blows <laughs> by teleporting into his being. It's pretty solid. Anyhow, everybody gets their gets some swords and it's time to fight. Oh, oh God! The uh, the team tries to sneak around because they stole these uniforms and stuff, but Slain's aura immediately gives them away. Uh, real, real, really failing at these stealth portions. Slain. Uh, meanwhile, Goldig tries to lure Murden to the dark side as these Scytheron commanders argue overing over basically keeping humanity free range or putting them into uh, into cells like Matrix slash factory farm style. Uh, the they you know the free range Scythron or the free range human Scythron says that they might rebel, but the other guy says that they can't hope to stand against the Type Three Battle Orgot, which is organic robot. We learn, and then the coolest monster I've seen in a long time shows up. <laughs> so the party's fighting their way around. It's cool, but they're really overwhelmed. Awesome battle pictures. It's just all these crazy monsters fight these guys. With a mouth on its butt. Yeah. And it crushes into the side of a wall, punching a bunch of his friends into it. It's real great. Um yeah, taking everybody out, but finally Slain takes a hammer to the temple and they're captured. Slain's taken before the gold dig and he's a real jerk to him and thus is sent to the arena uh, and where everyone's just getting drunk yeah back in the arena mog ruth and slain sort of have a good punch up and it's rev- and uh we and, and he's relieved to learn that his daughter clacta has survived slain wants to start discussing how to defeat the type 3 orgot but everybody just says it's totally indestructible bad times i guess like let's just give up now right guys that's right next time on the podcast the ultimate fighting machine uh, is it the ultimate fighting machine? I guess we'll 
you know, you just find out, man, this one was weird. I mean, I, like, like, I can't I'm... say I didn't have fun with it, but like, God damn, someone needs to just put tape over Mirrodin's mouth. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of making fun of it. I got to say, um, I really love all the fighting and stuff. Like the way Pew draws the oh, combat sure. and all these crazy monsters is really great. But it also feel like a lot of this feels like, um, something I've had to be in just to kind of, you know, bring things back to D and D as always, where like when you're starting, a new D and D game in like a new setting. And you've got to kind of do a lot of stuff to explain to players, like as they're going, like mm. what the setting is, what's how, what's going on, how things are going and stuff. And so sure. it means that every issue of slain is sort of one, th- like maybe like two thirds fight, one third info dump, um, every issue. And there's, there's <laughs> just so much of it. And it's especially tough because of the prog format where you've got to kind of you know re- recap things a bit for people who are coming in and add some new wrinkles to the info dump that there's just so much and it's real and like just sort of getting it in big blasts like this makes it like i feel like it's hurting it for me because i'm really trying to pick it up as opposed to just be tr- as opposed to just kind of being like able to skim over it a little bit of like yeah 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 there's a lot yeah of like yeah yeah macrobes yeah yeah auras yeah yeah good <laughs> evil you know like oh god if it you know i i'd even be fine with like some some world building but the world building for me it's just like it's a weird like i've, I've watched some of these videos yeah i've read some of these articles of crazy people saying light and dark fucking yeah. weird worms going through space and auras and shit and i'm like i am done like i'm fucking checking out yeah i mean like i said at the start of this slain story like it's all world building but it's the world of like deep you know the the dark the deep dark sections of wikipedia and like hour hour long youtube videos where it's just kind of one person like it's just a blank background and one person sort of talking about the way things really are you know like yes it's um it's it's just tough you know and like so i'm so i'm very those youtube people are mirrodin of our yeah they're like the the human version of it and it's just very much got me as like in my full like six-year-old wanting to read flesh kind of situation like i just want to see the sword fights right like, i want to see the weird <laughs> sex tentacles shooting out of a mist <laughs> yeah like i don't uh, you know i mean it's so like it's fine and i definitely know that this kind of marks especially me as just being real dumb and like you know not going with it you know like uh, and just being like like a philistine with no patience and stuff and i'll i'll own that to a certain extent you know (laughs) it gets fine the reason i'm marking it down a little bit though is because it's like i can't tell if it's making it better because i find it funny and purposeless Mm. or if if i like it is trying to be po-faced and serious about its world building which makes me like very up I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is something that we should keep an eye out for from Pat Mills as we, uh, as we go oh. further in. Like we've, okay. we're definitely at the doorstep of this point sort of through the eighties and nineties where we're going to learn a lot about his various philosophies or at least the philosophies that he puts forth in the comics. And it's something that we're going to have to sort of wrestle <laughs> with a little bit. <laughs> Great. I'm um, at the precipice of insanity. Kinda. I mean, I, I don't know if it's insanity, but it is a very specific worldview, I think. Um, 
And like, yeah, so I, I, and, and I'm not like super, I'm not like, like against it. I just think it's sort of something that is, you know, it's singular. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's an interesting, like sort of view to be part of sort of as you get. That's been documented. Yeah. Sort of as you combine it with like crazy fantasy fights and stuff like that. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying these away. I'm just like, I don't know. But, um, anyhow. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Um, again, like I am liking this and I, and I will say that this, one that this chapter of slain is particularly lore heavy um and so it is interesting to check it out in comparison to say the slain um later in the later this year where there's very little of this and instead a lot more like literal uh D &D (laughs) playing and stuff like that like literally like we're gonna be rolling dice in the course of slain um at the end of 1985 uh fox like get stoked anyhow okay i'm into this yeah 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 totally um, yeah, I mean, this is something we've been talking about for a couple episodes. And speaking of something that we had a big discussion about last episode, Fox, oh, it's Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is TB Grover. Art robot Ian Kennedy, lettering robot, or art robot Ian Kennedy and Cam Kennedy, lettering robot Tom Frame. Time to fascism. Yeah, so, you know, apparently having heard our fascism conversation last episode, a uh, citizen at Speaker Square is protesting the judges. You know, they aren't our guardians, they're our jailers. Um, we've seen He's a little... Really- yeah, he's going it's off. It's really like uh, going off. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. We've seen a little bit of this before. We're going to see more of it as time goes by, especially the big uh, democracy section in couple years. Um, but so Judge Sleever wants to arrest him for all this, but Dredd says he's just letting off steam, which seems to be the point of this speaker square area. Um, anyhow, Sleever disagrees with Dredd's assessment and kicks the crap out of this guy. And now we, now indeed, we see the violence inherent in the system as this guy's being repressed. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, Mega City One is not an autonomous collective. Um, anyhow. No, and, and, but Dredd responds slightly immediately. He's like, all right, man, yeah. you had your fun. I mean, so. Dredd, yeah, I mean, he does seem to immediately basically step in to arrest Sleever, Sleever and Sleever knocks him down with his lawmaster and pieces out. Um, we, Sleever's, uh, and, uh, Dredd calls it in a 99 red ju- judge amok. Oh, uh, Sleever's heading west on the Kafka Expressway. Whoa. <laughs> wow. And several judges respond. Uh, Sleever arrives at the John Stanley block. John Stanley, I believe, either a composer or a cartoonist. Uh, a couple of John Stanleys out there. And starts just sort of bracing citizens for committing various <laughs> crimes. Kicks the crap out of them when they don't immediately admit to those crimes. He threw a dude through a window. It's awesome. Um, I mean, he backhanded a guy. Yeah, he's warm enough to just basically kill everybody in this area when Chief Magruder comes on the radio and tells him to stand down. And this means, says he's instead, Ah, oh, Magruder's the problem. I'll go take her down. Oh, God. Just, um, th- this is a, not a good idea. Yeah. Luckily, at this point, Dredd catches up to him, shoots the gun out of his hand, and tackles him from a moving bike with some awesome uh, action moves here. Sleever, mm-hmm. Sleever's arrested. He'll be given some laser brain surgery mm-hmm. and hopefully be back out on the streets in a couple days because 20 years of experience is too much to waste. And in one of those rare moments, like you get to see a judge's hat kind of roll off and 
it's really weird. It's mm-hmm. weird seeing the dude's face. It's true, yeah. But yeah, like especially for a male judge, they don't take their helmets off very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it was interesting because this uh, that same sort of lobotomy kind of thing was was one of these suggestions mm-hmm. that they do to dread after the uh, case for treatment storyline. Um, yeah, and they and they opted not to because it can really fuck you up. Yeah, or it, I mean, I I think it just what it really does is it kind of just removes your ability to like think for yourself and stuff. It just kind of makes you like a judge bot basically um mm. and they and doing that would would cripple judge dread and they really need him to be out there and reasoning stuff uh a so guy by tighter boots yeah a guy like sleever who does not have dreads uh you know laureled record can be sort of disposed of a little bit more easily so just sort of chop his brain up he's good to go plus you know like it's that or ti- it's ti- it's that or titan basically so some part yeah. of some part of his head was going to get chopped up fox you know inside or outside that was the real Ooh. choice <laughs> i guess I'd, I'd always prefer the laser brain. not me man i want that nose hole give me that i want to live in space um <laughs> but speaking of harsh justice department sec- uh, uh uh penalties fox Ooh, it's oh, a mid thrill transition um the masked surfer a masked man in a hoverboard travels the night sky of mega city one flying dangerously low through the city streets as the judges send out alerts he blasts through town approaching the manfred fox tunnel which i believe is a reference to manfred man song fox on the run the tunnel okay. is incredibly busy and crowded but the midnight surfer goes through it shooting the narrow gas between vehicles even going completely underneath a mega tanker truck i loved that page man it's really awesome yeah cam kennedy's on art here and it just really like the the way he draws um like the action and the sense of speed you get from uh from the midnight surfer and stuff is really a dread's never seen surfing like it he's either a maniac a genius or both yeah, he's impressed, which I think is fucking. Yeah, he's, he's you know, Im- yeah, he's like he's so stoked to get a chance to arrest that guy someday. <laughs> <laughs> the Midnight Surfer returns to his apartment. He feels ready for the big race coming soon. The Super Surf Seven. He removes his mask and reveals himself. He's former wall scrawling King Chopper, aka Marlon Shakespeare. Oh my god, he's back. Yeah, I, th- I think this is cool. So Super Surf yeah. 7 is coming. The judges are briefed about top competitors like Yogi Yakamoto from the Fuji Territories, Dak Goodbi- Good Vibes from Mega City 2, Natilda Stank from Oz, which will be going to eventually <laughs> Oz, and Klaus Reich from the Ruhr Connerb, and many more. There. Dude, so you said that Oz will be seen at some point. Oh yeah, we're going to do... The that one I don't think so. It's probably somewhere in germany but i don't think we get there before there's a bunch of other stuff that happens we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely be in oz and other sort of uh antipodian uh destinations for for dread okay um yeah so all these guys are going to do the, the super surf seven which is going to be a death-defying race course through the city it's going to cause untold destruction so the judges have to be on their guard Meanwhile, super. yeah. Meanwhile, at the Tommy McCardo block, which is a, I believe, is a character on the soap opera Brookside, uh, Marlon Shakespeare is teaching kids to sky surf at Juve Rehab. He's being reintegrated into society following his scrawling arrest. Fox, do you remember um, this story uh, on American Graffiti? 
Yeah, man. Uh, didn't he go up against a robot also? Yeah, the a, a robot was the was sort of his his, uh, his was the Phantom, his rival scholar. Oh, yeah, the right. Can you? He was doing happy faces, and the Phantom was doing Phantoms. Yeah. So he got uh, five years in the cubes. Do you remember when that 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 story was, Fox? No. <laughs> it was Prague two hundred and seven four oh, years of Prague's ago. <laughs> So oh my God. this is a very like kind of kind of real time dread kind of situation where he's chopper served most of his service of his sentence in real time and is sort of being reintegrated into society. So he's basically like this, this place is basically a halfway house for, um, for Jew offenders and stuff. Man, that's fucking cool. But yeah, it's cool. They kind of like, I don't know if they just kept this story on ice until then, or if, um, they just kind of got back to him like, Oh yeah. Like, like what about that guy? But it is, this to me is really one of the first times we're seeing, um, this idea of dread being both a real time story and sort of really bringing back um, characters from it, from from its past to do stuff, you know. They must keep like a record of all of the people that dreads put away. I mean, maybe that sounds optimistic right. from just from what I, just from what I know about comic books, where things were like there might be some kind of Bible or something with that stuff, but a lot of times, um, it's just sort of if someone comes back, it's more because. Maybe some, um, someone's been rereading the archives recently, or something ah, like okay. that. Yeah, which maybe. is, I don't know, for me that that that's what it feels like with like not just dread, but like almost any comic where it's like it's more like some guy, like you know, there's a new writer and suddenly he's bringing back people that he used to write up, write you know, characters he used to write with, or something like that, or just like I've been rereading the Spider-Man archives. What about this guy that they fought like in <laughs> Spider-Man Two? Whatever happened, like in issue two, whatever happened to those guys? Like oh, like okay, let's do that. Like. 40 years later you know whatever uh, uh, any, uh, any, uh, any, uh, anyhow all I'm saying is that over 200 progs later this guy's back and that's pretty cool yeah um, it's fucking awesome yeah Dredd already suspects he's the midnight surfer and warns all these juves on, on hoverboards not to take part in the super surf uh, but of course he so it's funny because Chopper doesn't think that he's on <laughs> yeah of course not uh, so Dredd p- orders Chopper surveilled and it's a good job too because as soon as he gets as he gets home Chopper gets the call for the super surf Shakespeare heads out surfing wildly but soon spots the cameras after him he's got to lose them Ah, oh, snap. Time for some, like, really awesome chase sequence. Yeah, Chopper does some fancy flying going through Mega Central Station. He, like, hits a button to drop the riot doors to block some of the cameras on his tail. He takes a bunch of them out and then heads into a train tunnel to lose the rest, just barely sliding over the top of an oncoming train. He's basically doing a bunch of stuff that's, like, adding to, an, like, a penalty at some point. Because, oh, yeah. Because, like, even the riot doors... It says on it, like, the penalty for touching is two years. It's definitely, definitely getting a real big uh, 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 crime debit here, or sentence debit. Um, <laughs> he arrives at the Super Surf 7 meetup. Everybody's there. It's time to get the show on the road. Super, just all this, all this surfing stuff is really amazing. It's really great, and I'm really looking forward to this next stuff. Next time on Judge Dredd, they're taking Manfred Fox backwards. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, this Midnight Surfer story is, is like one of my favorite Judge Dredd stories, bar none. So far, it's really action packed. Yeah, it's got a lot of action. It doesn't really focus. It's 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 got a lot of the Mega City One stuff that I like. You know, it doesn't really focus on dread. It's got a lot of like stuff about what it means to be a citizen in Mega City One, and then mm. just a lot of like high high intensity action. And I I just love the um the idea of doing it as sort of a sport instead of like like a crime or or, or you know intentionally killing somebody or something. 
like that. Yeah, like, you know, the wuss in me is a real big fan of that, so it's good. Well, <laughs> you and I are both on record as liking future sports, and skyboarding is pretty dope to me. Indeed, absolutely. Um, and yeah, man. So, uh, speaking of exciting things, let's let's be less exciting with non thrills, covers, and nerve centers. Let's go with Prague Four Twenty Three, Dark Judges, and Crash Storm Two, Sleep Forever. Just kidding. Big old Trident Three right there. Yeah. Cliff Robinson draws Anderson's Nightmare. In the Nerve Center, Tharg declares that June 21st is his birthday. He demands presents. There's a <laughs> picture of a geriatric infantryman, which I think is one of my favorites. Um, it's there, pretty cool. Yeah, there's letters about Judge Anderson's vital statistics, a misidentification of that Vietnam War picture from Slain a couple weeks ago, and an announcement of a book collecting the Daily Star dread strips, which I've come to really enjoy from the, um, covering them in like the annuals and specials and stuff now. Mm. Just the the compressed storytelling is amazing. They do so much in two lines of, of uh, strips. Hey, why not? Yeah. The prog ends with an appropriately terrifying pinup of Toby from Halo Jones by Ian Oof. Gibson. That dog is now creepy as fuck to me forever. Yeah, don't want to don't want to see that. Don't want to see Toby. Toby's Toby's no good. Prog four twenty five. Carlos Escara draws a ghostly Johnny Alpha looking on as the slavers of drool attack. Ooh. Yeah. In the nerve center, Tharg the Terminator apologize. Oh. Oh no, I skipped one. Sorry. You go did. back. Prog four twenty four. Surfing on the street. The Midnight Surfer starts with a double-sized cover by Cam Kennedy. Oh, it's real good. Um, Looking awesome. Swerving around cars. Yeah. In the Nerve Center, Tharg Headroom starts the new oh, Dread yes. story and ends the current Tron Team Dog story, announces a new one starting next Prague. There's a picture of Judge What's-His-Name, a.k.a. Judge Glyph. Uh, there's letters that insult Tharg, tell jokes, ask why the Hell Trekkers didn't just fly to the new territories in a very <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings, the movie kind of situation. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I mean, it's probably because it's actually very expensive to move that stuff across country. That's pretty fair, also. But and just yeah, so whatever, and you yeah, and they just couldn't afford it. You got to take the long way where whatever ninety percent of the people on the trip die. So that's just tough. Uh, um, <laughs> there's also a very lame. Uh, Krill Trothargo request here if you ask me and everything in this nerve center is awarded zero pounds whoa Ooh, wow Prague 425 Carlos Escara draws a ghostly Johnny Alpha looking on yes. the slavers of drool attack it's real good this is my favorite yeah, I love fun. this like looming alpha and especially the setup for the story yeah it's a real nice it's not a sort of um, movie poster thing where everything that happens in the movie is on the poster at once but it is very evocative and just shows these slavers being real evil and stuff which I think we can all appreciate um, yes in the slavers nerves, bad yeah totally in the nerve center Tharg the Terminator apologizes awesome. for money not being awarded uh, last week. Uh, apparently some droid was stealing the money and Tharg demands punishments. Demanding Oof. presence and punishments. It's nerfed this over this with this episode. <laughs> There's a picture of a skeletal judge dead with three Ds. There are questions about old prog covers, throw sucker infestations, a writer introducing a friend to 2000 AD, and another asks for a rhyme with Tharg for a poem besides the obvious Larg. <laughs> All right. Larg. Larg, like what your dad would drink when he gets home from a, a hard day at work. What? What? Like, l lager? Uh, you know what I'm saying. Oh, Anyhow. I know. Yeah, just like, what's Larg? It's like lager, but like, you know, with some poetic license attached to it. Prog 426. Gotcha. Cam Kennedy draws a uh, 
sorry, draws a surfer on the on the track. Oh my god, I just misspelled this real terribly. In in four twenty six, Cam Kennedy draws a surfer on the track as Chopper goes against the train. There's terrifying puppet spinning image Tharg who mentions some deals on computer games. This this issue. There's a picture of Judge Halo Jones, which I don't know if this is the awesome, first Judge Judge Halo, Judge Jones, but certainly not the last. Mm-hmm. Um, a reader sums up, uh, adds up the cost of 2000 AD, um, saying that if you bought all the progs, it'd be like a hundred uh, pounds. But holy that, crap! Yeah, but that sort of assumes that the price of the prog has always been twenty two mm-hmm. to twenty four pence. Just if you kind of do the math for it, no. So yeah, as opposed to like start, you know, it started at eight in nineteen seventy seven. If you can yeah. imagine, there's also letters about a comic shop in Bournemouth, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. And it's probably like or whatever, however you pronounce that <laughs> Um There's requests for a Crustacea spinoff comic. Uh, more, there's um, And for more letters from the USA. And I think this letter is kind of funny because it's a guy from, uh, from, from Fargo and it lists just his city like Fargo, USA, as opposed to like uh, Fargo, Minnesota, USA or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mid-prog, you can indeed buy several mini arcade and Game & Watch systems through the comic. And then Ooh. the prog ends with an amazing pinup of Halo Jones, like both full body and a portrait by Ian Gibson. I really love the portrait part here as it makes it look like her hair is coming off her head in this huge bonfire. Yeah. It's really great. Freaking gorgeous, man. Definitely. Yeah, you know, your usual letter stuff, doing whatever, learning new information, going to interesting places, and speaking of doing all that stuff, it's... Oh. Yeah. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. Oh, man. Time to get hot on this uh, serum slash plant case. Antigen Trail. Scripture mm. about Jerry Finley Day. Art about Jose Ortiz. Letting about Tony Jacob. Rogue and his ch- and the chips are stumped about where to go next. They reflect on the different flavors of alien on Horst. But these rhino guys seem to also have a bunch of Souther-aligned alien prisoners as well. Uh, we see that these rhino men captors are real jerk, just kind of killing people for no reason. But... There's way too many for Rogue to try to get involved, at least initially. One escaping prisoner approaches where Rogue is hiding and is killed, and Rogue has to take out one of the rhino men and put on his uniform to sort of escape notice. Oldest trick in the book time. Yeah, I mean, like, once again, it starts with, don't get involved, he gets involved. He gets a, 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 you know, a a get-up. But yeah. he doesn't have a horn or anything. I That's guess what I'm just, saying, like, too. too. stupid to figure it out. Yeah, or... it's really surprising that this thing works, even though he's wearing a, um... Yeah, he, he's wearing, like, a gas mask suit for a rhino man, despite clearly, one, be wearing a helmet underneath it, and two, <laughs> not having a horn, despite the fact that there's a giant horn hole right in the middle of his face of the uniform. <laughs> I guess it just works? I yeah, don't know, man. I don't know either. Um, anyhow... Um, Rogue joins the column and sees that one of these Souther prisoners, a man horse, has a genetic research insignia on his uniform. He might know something about that antigen. I guess we better get close and talk to him. That won't certainly put everything in jeopardy. It's true. Rogue goes to talk to this guy about where to find the antigen, but but before he can get information, they're interrupted by other Nort troops. Rogue's put on guard duty and stuck outside all night. In the morning, he sees the researcher can't get up, too tired from marching, and is being hassled by the guard. Guards, he finally tells Rogue to find Dr. Moho, who's in charge of the project. But all this talking drives the ire of the guards, and Rogue's spot is blown. Dude, they just knife this uh, horseman in the back. 
Yeah, man horse. For bayonet, I guess. <laughs> he fights his way out under cover of a riot by the prisoners. They know to find Moho in the zone capital, but are confused by the final words of the informant, uh, Cola something. Meanwhile, at the capital, we learn that it's Cola as in collaborator, because Moho's a dirty one. Oh, He's even been given... Like... Yeah. Go ahead. Like, don't don't ruin the reveal, I guess. Yeah, no, they're just getting right to it. Um, the the my favorite thing is that uh, Moho is apparently some sort of mouse man, but he's mm. been given he's given himself an artificial rhino horn to uh, show his loyalty. Yeah, um, it's like I got this plastic surgery. I'm totally a rhino. That's right. Rogue approaches the capital, dodging rhinos with some sweet helmet camouflage. Rogue has been investing in the stealth trait, so he's able to do it. Um, wow. They follow signs to eventually meet Moho, who's sleeping in bed. Rogue braces him and asks about the antigen Neva. Uh, Rhino agrees, or Moho agrees to help him. The guards are coming, and throughout this whole section, there's a very, um, like, you see Moho first under the covers, then doing other stuff, and it's like that one Twilight Zone where everybody has pig faces, and they just sort of spend the whole show, like, shooting people's, like, uh, hands and, like, backs and stuff as opposed (laughs) to their actual faces. But this guy's just not showing you Moho's nose until the last minute. Oh, man. Anyhow, the guards are coming and Moho stabs Rogue with his surgically implanted nose hole. He's a dirty collaborator, as mentioned. He, He holds Rogue prisoner as the guards burst in. So, he explains his traitor's ways, he did it, for why you usually do it, um, you know, to for the money and for a chance to ex- do live experiments on military prisoners. I think we've all been there. Hey, sure, um, why not? <laughs> what? <laughs> Bagman silently dispenses a, la- a laser scalpel, which um, he stabs Moho with and they sort of break their clinch. He's subdued, and Rogue takes out the guards, sort of standard Rogue Trooper style. With them dead, Rogue grabs the doctor, and they head out uh, with Moho as a hostage. They they go to escape by jumping from the wall to some branches, but before they do, Moho spills the beans. The antigen is found in an egg in nearby Zone 5. Guards, a guard approaches as they jump, and Moho falls. And both he he, land, he misses the jump. He lands on a guard, and the two of them kill each other with their razor sharp <laughs> nose horns. It's pretty awesome. Which, I guess that's <laughs> just how it's gonna be. That's a very invasion way to um, for two mm. guys to get killed. If invasion had people with nose horns, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, I didn't kill him. I just shoved him into the nose horn that would eventually kill him. Awesomely. So Rogue heads to Zone Five as the Rhino meets with that bat guy that's been following Rogue all this time. They confirm he's looking for Neva and determine to flood this Zone 5 with troops to catch Rogue at last. Next time, Riders of the Red Desert. Not bad. Got some stuff done. Yeah, I like this one. I liked, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, I I feel like it, I agree with what you said, that it's a real, it's a real, it's, it's a real like unforced error to sort of uh to, to sort of show that Moho was a collaborator um before he actually told it to Rogue and stuff. Mm. Um like I didn't need the I I, I would have liked be actually having the twist instead of a, a dramatic irony twist, I guess. But yeah. you know, funny kind of the way it works. I'm yeah. Wrong. But some fun but good fighting, good uh man animals and stuff like that. Appreciate the uh appreciate Who the Who hates a man animal? Exactly. I mean, I guess all those guys that, that, that were trying to hunt and kill Manimal show, I guess. I forget how Manimal went. Um, and speaking of hunting and killing your opponents, Fox, yeah! Oh, yeah. Great work. <laughs> uh, 
305, Strontium Dog. Oh, yeah. Time to gun down some baboonmen. Always. Uh, script robot, Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art robot, Carl Sascara. Lettering robot, Gordon Robson. Both as G.I.R. Mark One and Kid Robson. And yeah, alternate uh, transition. Yeah, alternate transition is uh, speaking of uh, killing man animals. <laughs> um, dark. Darkus and the Howlers attack the uh, Bounty Hunter group. Attack Johnny Alpha, Wolf, and Binface McNulty for the. Right- Turns out this is a bad idea. Yeah, they're doing it to claim the uh, bounty on Zen the Brain Wraith. The boys fight hard, gunning down one Howler and burning another to death by igniting a slag heap with another number three cartridge. <laughs> it's real awesome. Oh um, man, that guy burns to death. The way he burns to death is real. Is uh, uh, is of course great, scary stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Johnny goes to flank the remaining Howler when the brain wraith leaves its host and attacks midden face who's been left alone oh my god this definitely won't mean that midden face is totally uh the host I mean, body now. yeah johnny takes out one howler with a time bomb as you do awesome and then shows down with, Mar- with darkus in a knife fight and judah throws him off the side of a cliff oh yeah but Ugh, dude just impales him onto a spike that's just waiting down there to get someone impaled on it's that's awesome right. good judah throwing but what about midden face uh, oh my the, god the dogs head down and find a friendly midden face sitting at the kitchen table obviously zen trying to lure them they don't want to kill got a him. secret gun in his lap yeah and shoots him through the table uh standard stuff where they don't want to kill midden face but midden face has no such compunction jen uh <laughs> zen uses electroplasmic abilities to ecto shock johnny alpha and wolf of course oh. clobbers midden face upside the head with a happy stick <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my god, black goo is coming out of his head to come into my head. Oh, I know. Speaking of conspiracy theories. Um, wow. But as Zen tries to take over Wolf, Johnny hits him with the bottle gun, and Zen is trapped. Then face awakes with a headache, but the important thing is that the boys have bagged a six million credit bounty. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like almost seven million creds when they finally do the tallies. Yeah, six million six hundred and twelve thousand. It's pretty good. Yeah. They head out. Biddenface might head back to his wife on Tam's world, but is going to have some fun first. <laughs> yeah, of course. Going to do some gambling, some drinking, you know, some Biddenface stuff. Always. So uh, Strontium Dog moves to the front of the prog as we start the Slavers of Drool storyline. I yeah. love how this thing all opens up, dude. Yeah, very little Johnny Alpha at the start of this story. They just sort of show up in basically a pinup, like on the side of the start of the story. The mm. planet Smiley's world is a very nice planet on the far edge of the galaxy. A million people live there and homes mostly built by hand because it's hard to transport machinery that far. Everyone mm. seems, again, you know, really nice and cooperative. It, it's good times. They're even building a school as a kid rides a duck-billed rabbit when uh, suddenly hover trucks appear in the sky. Slavers! It always happens on the nice planets, man. It's true. Well, you know, the nice planets are so much, are so much more poorly defended than the evil ones. <laughs> <laughs> They uh they grab people in nets and with lassos and they steal a lady's husband and three children. She's knocked out and the slaters ride. And they burn the town to the ground. Hey, there's nobody left there. Got to do it for fun. Uh, so they ride off with their ill-gotten gains and Mrs. and uh, Mrs. Eleanor Keeble is rescued by security forces. 
or I guess the one sheriff of this whole planet. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> She's the sole survivor of her burned village, and Smiley's world just doesn't have the resources to go get her family back. Oh, sorry. And but asking when- for backup, it's going to take forever. Exactly. But the sheriff does give her the name of a local who might be able to help, a guy who just bought a homestead out in the wilderness, retired search-destroy agent Johnny Alpha. That's awesome. It's such a Western setup. Absolutely. Know? This is total, like, I mean, a uh, true grit, like, literally, that, that oh, story God. of the, uh, of, like, just the sheriff who's, who's, yeah, who's, who's hung up his badge, and then, like, a lady comes and asks for, asks for his help, basically. Real good movie. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, Johnny and Wolf are enjoying their new life on a homestead deep in the woods of Smiley's world, which um, uh, <laughs> so some interesting things about the relationship, I suppose, not just co-workers, perhaps. Uh, Johnny's yeah, cut. Yeah, I'm not like, you know, live your life. I'd marry Wolf. He seems like a good guy. Um, yeah, John- except that he doesn't help you build your fucking house. <laughs> He's got his priorities right, frankly. Johnny's cutting wood for a log <laughs> cabin and Wolf is lazing about catching fish, but just sort of jamming the happy stick into the water and smashing a fish up onto land. It's pretty good, but I guess Wolf is just on vacation. If it, here, if if his Hawaiian shirt is any indication, <laughs> <laughs> they chill out as a Mork buggy arrives. It's Eleanor Keeble. She tells Johnny about the slavers and asks him to get her family back. Johnny agrees, and Wolf comes along instead of finishing the cabin because he's super lazy. <laughs> yeah, dude, not gonna do that. I'd rather risk my life and smash some heads. <laughs> Definitely. At the sheriff's office, they get info on the slavers of drool. They, there's a reward for him, but that's not what Johnny's after. He doesn't want money. He just wants to get these gets get this family back. They mm-hmm. check local slave worlds and find three likely hits and hire a shuttle to do some investigating as the Keeble family lands on the world of Jerboos. A uh, the Keeble daughter is claimed by the daughter. Do- the Keeble daughter is claimed by the princess of the planet, mm-hmm. and the family's been separated as others go as they go to other uh, things. Next time, Pate de Foy, whom? Man, I, I loved there's this whole portion of, of this um, Last Frog where, uh, you know, this woman's kind of giving her sob story and all of that. And Johnny's just like, you know, I, you know, I've been hated on forever, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a not a human without a soul. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And just kind of decides to do it for all the good reasons. He's the he's the good retired bounty hunter. Not yeah. The shit kind. Well, and it's an interesting thing of you of. I, I I didn't really talk about it, but there is a part of uh, Miss Keeble like overcoming her disgust towards mutants to ask Johnny to help mm. her because he has exactly. You, you know what I'm noticing about um mm. a, a, about Strong Team Dog here? What's that, that? They're using the uh, the the name construction of a K, two E's, and then a third E a lot, starting from uh, Nelson Bunker Creelman to the Keeler huh. mine we were just at, to Mrs. Keeble here, which just kind of feels like... I, I don't think they're connected in any way. I just think that that's a writing quirk that, like, Alan Grant has or something like that. But I just, yeah, it was an interesting, like, uh, connection or something. Huh. wonder if it's, like, some... Well, I don't know. That is actually interesting. I, I was thinking about that. I was like, huh, Creelman, Keebler, I thought it was just a thing. But, yeah, the mine But there was Keeler three. last time, yeah. So it's just sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah. It just feels like, I don't know, like I've done that when I've sort of been writing stories or something where you just sort of, you know, your brain sort of flashes to one name that you use a lot or something like that. It doesn't really yeah, mean Yeah, of course. That. I mean, it's kind of like, um, actually, that guy Tom Tully that wrote a lot of like, um, 
of the Harlem Heroes and um, Inferno stories and stuff. Really liked having evil um, sports characters named Jensen. There was one in Inferno. There was one in Mean Arena. There was one in this story about kids playing soccer in Eagle that I heard huh. about on uh, on Where Eagles Dare and stuff. It's just sort of a weird thing. Um, anyhow, oh, wow. yeah. Right. Now to get to the stuff I've been putting off talking about, which is, of course, yeah. Thrill 6, Future Jocks. <laughs> uh, at least they didn't offend the first rule. Yeah, only two here. Um, one, first up, it's The Mousetrap, script about Alan Hebden, art about Massimo Bellatonelli, letting her about Richard Starkings. Three-pager here. Um, couldn't be saved by some fun Bellardinelli art, though. It's your basic, um, poor guy had with, go, seems to go crazy with a shotgun blasting everybody saying that rats are plotting against the human race. Naturally, what he's saying is true, and the rats are part of a massive alien invasion, which is to start. All right, then. Yep. Always believe your insane delusions. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> And all the things. Always. The next story is a Granger in Paradise. A script robot Peter Milligan, art robot Kev Hopgood, letting robot Richard Starkings. First appearance on the show for Kev Hopgood. He'll go on to do art art for stories like Night Zero and Dry Run. Okay. Just a one-pager, as crashed pilot Sam Granger has landed on this planet that seems actually pretty cool, what with the waterfalls yeah. and the various babes everywhere and stuff. Sure, why not? But in fact, he's just on a barren, empty moon, and the ship's computer is dosing him with mind-altering drugs to make his coming lifetime of being trapped here bearable. I just, like, I, I'm i just not sure if I'd rather have that or not. Because, like, he's not going to be trying to put out a distress signal or anything on this barren planet by just being delusional. I mean, you could make... I mean, if it's a full mind-altering suite, you could make, um, like, setting up a distress signal look like some other part, other thing he's trying to do. Like, you know, it's a distress signal, but actually he thinks he's tuning in, like, the the game on its coconut radio or something. Sure. Okay. Wouldn't you kind of know it? Yeah. At some point. Mm, I mean, and plus, you know, at some point you're just like, you know, just doing it with, like, the ground, I guess, or something. Oh, Space babes. (laughs) Anyhow, I know you're talking about um, whether you'd want this to happen to you or not, but I think the real question is whether it's happened already. All reality is just an mass-induced hallucination. Bam, bam, bam. Um, oh my anyhow. god, I always knew it. <laughs> yeah, this is what you choose to hallucinate. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? We all played Polybius and we're all just under a mind-altering video game from 1981. Bam, bam, bam. Finally. God. Anyhow, Fox, speaking of altering our minds, we've finished this month of progs, prog 423 to 426 for May and June 1985. What were you talking about, Thrills? Oh, man, Uh, I'm going to place a firm top category for Strontium Dog. Loved the the ending, especially a good good impaling. Also like seeing a time bomb, you know. Those things are great. Feel like it, it wrapped up just fine, and I like how... Um, and Strontium Dog does this a lot, like really well, especially when they, you know, cut their last big bust and just were like, let's go gamble. And then the next story is we're gambling. Yeah. <laughs> In this one, it's like, nah, man, I'm settling down. It's a good chunk of money. Like maybe they're not going to stick around. Certainly Wolf doesn't seem like it, but it starts itself up with like a good, you know, kind of Western story that I, I think yeah. is always kind of fit Strontium Dog's motif. And uh, so just as one's ending and it's ending on a high note, they have one beginning and it's beginning on, um, 
you know, a hunt. And man, if there's one thing I love, it's Johnny Alpha just <laughs> hunting some really bad dudes. Totally. Um, you know, I, I think I think that's enjoyable. In terms of like my bottom, where I would normally reserve this for Rogue Trooper, Rogue Trooper was not like bad. I feel like he was doing all of his normal stuff. Things are moving along. Um, they did follow some tropes like, hey, don't get involved, which is never the right choice or never act truly what happens point broken record but um mm-hmm. the one that's on notice right now and i'm only i'm saying notice your bottom right now is slain gotta Ooh. stop expositioning me dog i so this is not to say it's bad right like i'm certainly not having a bad time with it and we made a lot of jokes but you know when i'm reading this and it's just like oh god Mirrodin. <laughs> <laughs> can i can i please just have some more sex lug cuddling uh, in place of this, you know? It's got, like, these cool pictures, but then it's just tons of Mirrodin talking about all of his weird fucking, like, mumbo-jumbo and and trying to fit things into things and auras and stuff, which normally I'm all behind, but, like, you don't have to do that with, like, a page and a half each month or each week, you know? I I guess that's my big thing. So, Conrad... What are your top and bottom threats? Oh, man. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's really at a high level for me this this month. Mm. Um, I think for my top, I'm going to say Dread. Um, Good choice. I love, you know, again, just this Super Surf um, 7 story is um, is my favorite. You know, it's one of my favorite Dreads. I love the way it starts, just the reveal that it's this returning character from four years ago and stuff. That really, mm. you know, is one of these ones that took so long and, and, and we didn't like check in with Chopper in prison or something. So this is something that, that is really a, uh, an Easter egg for people who've been reading the, the prog for this long, you know? Um, yeah. Like there's a funny part where, um, at the, uh, at the Juve rehab center where like the, the guard is like, oh yeah, like he used to be like the king of, uh, of the wall scrollers and dreads like, I know I arrested him. <laughs> like I thought that was just a fun, um, like just linking things together kind of moment and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a, a small one, but a fun one. And then just, um, you know, I mean, I've liked Cam Kennedy a lot sort of from the VCs and through Rogue Trooper, but this mm. stuff with, um, with Dread and especially just the Sky Surfers, I mean, we're we've seen some of it now with some individual stuff from from Chopper doing things. But really, I mean, next episode is when things are going to get real crazy, and it's really some of my favorite 2000 AD stuff ever. But this is the start God, of it, awesome. and I'm really excited for it. Um, Fucking killer for bottom. Ugh, um, I guess I'm going to agree with you on uh, on Slain. I guess. Or no, right? It's like a notice. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like Slain and Rogue Trooper. I guess are my bottoms. <laughs> um, wow. Just like I mean, again, like I do feel like the uh, the the reveal of Moho being a collaborator yeah. was kind of not well done. I guess, like I think it would have been better if we both found out about it or something, as opposed to yeah. instead of us sort of being like, "Oh, like look out, Rogue! Like we know he's a collaborator and you don't," which is fun, which is often a fine thing to do, but not in this situation. Well, or or have it pay off, right? Like it's fine if you hold it over for the other co- for us to be like, "Oh, wow, that was." A- 
but yeah. instead it's just like no nah, it's not and also that it, like you knowing ahead of time didn't actually add anything yeah and he kind of like died immediately and stuff although i did appreciate his very invasiony kind of death um of course by the same factor like i think i i had slain um on the bottom last week too or it's definitely towards there where it's just um I just don't like like all of the uh all the philosophical stuff, all like this world all this like uh world stuff in Slain. I'm just not a fan of it. Like I find it to be com- like needlessly complex and kind of confusing or something. I mean I guess like Yes. Like I don't I could just buy these guys at like you could just say these guys were evil demons and I'd be done with it, you know? Like you don't <laughs> they gotta, drink misery or whatever. Who cares? I mean, like so many times when someone's explicitly linked to Hitler in two thousand AD, like <laughs> a lot of the times I can tell that they're evil already. Like, you know, like Judge Pal <laughs> or um or call me Kenneth. Like, these dudes were already pretty evil. And so it really feels like gilding the lily to kind of explicitly have Hitler like sort of show up as well. And it feels so forced to me, I guess. I don't oh, know. Well, and they already did it in this comic. They're like, look, the swastika, right? I believe it looks they, like this thing. I and I'm like, they've, cool. They've indeed done it. it tw- done it twice and this is the third time in the course oh of this time gosh. killer story um do so, you get it yet yeah and so there's sort of that and just like again like the whole balancing stuff um to me doesn't feel great i guess or like i don't know like it, it feels weird to me as an ethos um and <sighs> if it just i wish they just made friends with a flying monster with a flying uh uh pimple monster and then discovered having <laughs> jump packs and just fought big monsters as opposed to it also having all this other stuff with it like i don't need this other stuff i don't like you know it's, it's so unnecessary like like you've given me like like you know like like i've, I've got like a steak and i love this steak but it's also a steak like that comes with like like it's like inside a really complicated parchment paper thing. And it's like I didn't need this parchment paper. <laughs> like it's not necessary, and it's kind of bringing the steak down a little bit in my mind because of it's, it. You know what I mean? It's wrapped up in in like a present presentation. Yeah. Right? Like it's like why do I need to know that Mirrodin's dad is this funny fucking like a mead ball? With but I mean, hands? but I mean, look, look, even that. Even like, oh, here's this big monster, and and uh, Mirrodin's got power because he's got half this monster's blood and half human blood, and there's a fight for good and evil and stuff. Would be great without that three armed monster guy also being a trans dimensional macro from the time before time, part of an endless <laughs> battle for control of the galaxy by harnessing the negative emotions of humanity, like you know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> None of that is actually necessary. It's like knowing how the Death Star is actually powered versus knowing that it's a giant laser that can blow up a planet. Well, it's like, you know, like, I'm fine with it just being, like, the force. Like, yeah, it's an energy thing, and you can kind of exactly. do, sh- do shit with it, as opposed to... It lift rocks. Yeah, as opposed to, like, um... <laughs> Like, hey, here's, like, they've just kind of midichlorian it all, you know? And (laughs) it, like, it makes it more specific, but it also loses some of its magic. And, like, man, I just want, I just, I like Slade when it was just about with axes killing each other, you know? Whatever. Sometimes, like, a laser gun. Like, that was fine, too. Yeah, I I was willing to go with a laser gun, but it's adding a lot of stuff. Any, I mean, sorry. 
editing problems. No, man, I agree. Like with this you. is this is me. Be, like again, this is me with like my arms over, like like crossed over my over my chest, being like, yeah, I don't want to do this new stuff. I just want to stay to the old stuff. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play cyberpunk. The I just want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Was a fucking comic <laughs> book called Dragon Heist, and they heisted a fucking dragon by the end of it. Yeah, so. That. You know, I feel this is something I'm gonna. I have to deal with and whatever. But until uh, until I get a sense, of, until I'm better at it, like this is just my standard complaint about Slain. We'll go forward with it. It's good times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good comic. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just waiting now for me to publish these episodes and really get in trouble with people. But anyhow, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll we'll die in the fire together. Yeah, so on and so forth. I'm I I, I promise to be less complaining about this stuff next time when the, we're in the arena. And it's time to fight. Anyhow, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, I you can did. find thanks, buddy. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at Space Spinner. 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, just look for Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. Uh, check us out this Thursday as I'm joined by Jake Abling for the 1986 Ooh. Judge Dread Annual. Uh, three three full color Dread stories with arts by Carter and John Higgins, some classic stuff, and a Judge Decker uh, text story. Then come back on Monday as Ace Trucking returns. These super <gasps> surf can. Uh, continues the strontium dogs fight slavers slain goes to the arena and rogue is getting close to the antigen and we are teased for the return of nemesis the warlock Ooh, I'm into that. yeah until then i'm conrad he's fox and we are space spinner 2000's fun, fun. Make the